Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Indescribable podcast Had um Todd and Lindy Post one indescribable podcast They'll recap CXG On one indescribable podcast They'll share their points of view and in this one, Beck self-medicates, then she sees Dr. Bill except it's in her head, then she commits a crime breaking and entering into a doctor's house, and Paula nearly cheats now onto your favorite podcast, where we bring all of our for you.
Yes, that is right. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of One Indescribable Podcast with Adam, Todd, and Lindy. We are very excited to be here talking with you um, about this episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's what we're doing here with me. I'm Adam H., of course, as always. You can find me here every single week here on One Indescribable Podcast. But with me, as always, two of my very, very good friends... Todd, how are you, Todd? I'm doing pretty good, Adam, even though we just got done watching this particular episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But other than that, <laughs> I'm doing really well. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, not the highlight of the week uh, like it is for some weeks watching these episodes, of course. We'll talk about it all here with uh, another one of our very good friends, Lindy. Lindy, how are you? I'm good. But yeah, I'm feeling my feelings about this episode and they're not great. <laughs> It is important to like always feel your feelings, though. That's yep. crucial. Everyone should always feel their feelings. Mm -hmm. Agreed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're not like super high in the episode, uh, but I will say I think like we've all had a pretty like fun and interesting week. At least I have, and I know Todd has as well. Todd, we played for those of us, you know, the listeners who somehow have no idea who we are. I don't know how that would even be possible, but if you don't, we played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, all the time in the post-show recaps Patreon uh, Discord. And Todd, we clocked in a game this last week that started at 1 Eastern, 12 Central for us. And we ended that game 13 hours later. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yep, 13 hours of pretty much nonstop D&D. &D. It was exhausting but amazing it was a ton of fun uh adam a uh, uh drove me to tears at one point honestly at one point there were tears of frustration on my face a uh, after adam a uh, pull, pulled some shenanigans a uh, but uh no it was it was a lot of fun it was a uh, but it was it was also a lot it is a lot uh i think both of us the next day were it took like all of Sunday for, for most of the people who did it to, to recover because it was mentally draining, but also it was a blast. Yeah, I still I still had to play City of Mist that next day. I was like really kind of phoning it in a little bit. Uh, I'm like still sore and recovering from doing nothing that whole day. But Lindy, it was 13 hours of Dungeons and Dragons. One session, it was 13 hours. Can you even imagine something like that? You don't really play Dungeons and Dragons, but I don't, and hours. you're trying to convince me to, and I this am. is the story you tell me. <laughs> uh, so, so it was, they aren't usually that long. This is a very, this is actually, we had done our marathon fundraiser, and one of the incentives, like if we raised a certain amount of money, is that Adam would DM an extra long marathon session. So normally sessions aren't anywhere near that long. And actually, we could have ended at the nine hour mark, but we were all crazy people and said no the bad guys got away we have to hunt them down let's keep going so we actually pushed for it to go even longer because again we're obsessed but I, most I, most games aren't that long i gave them the out at nine hours like todd said and they didn't take it so we went 13 um and it was wild it was like one of the most wild experiences of my entire life like playing dungeons and dragons um it was very very fun uh, I had a really good time. Todd got to play. We had nine other people playing too. It was a 10 person game, which is like a, you know, a ton more than normal. Uh, but no, Lindy, they're usually like three to four hours ish. Uh, not 13. Very much not 13. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, and I don't know that I would ever run a 13 hour game again. <laughs> it was, it was a fun experience once, but yeah, I could see, especially running it. I can't imagine being <laughs> on the entire time. But, uh, but Adam, you, you said that you uh, didn't know how anyone would have be listening to this that they'd never heard of us, didn't know who we were, but we actually did. Our Twitter got a, a message at it recently from another CXG podcast who wanted to know uh, if we they should be our friends or not. They were very excited someone else uh, had joined in the game, but then their, their question was, but should we be friends? To which Lindy promptly replied, of course we should be friends along of with course. along with the i've got friends i definitely have friends I, uh, yeah. we're like sold so. on that we definitely think that we should be friends there's we don't <laughs> want like a rival uh cxg podcast like get us on our a game you know like make us step up like both people improve you know no, we just, we're just, you know. I mean, clearly competition does not drive me to be my best self. <laughs> I, I don't so. know. I feel like it might. Uh, just like from my personal experience, I, you know, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but. <laughs> but the, our podcast is a joint effort, unlike the quizzes. So I don't want to bring you guys down. <laughs> I, think, uh... I think I thrive within friendships. So I think we should be friends with any other CXG podcasts out there. But yeah, shout out to Crazy Ex Coworkers, who are the people who found us on Twitter. Wow, I can't even imagine doing a podcast with like an ex coworker or a coworker. Uh, I don't have like a single. I don't think I have like any in my. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, uh, and I like get annoyed by the places where I have previously worked and like never want to talk to anyone ever again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's exciting. Uh, we we met another podcaster. Um, so that's great. Um, we're really delaying the inevitable here. Clearly, like none of us really want to talk about this episode. Uh, but we're gonna, we're gonna like do it. We're gonna bite the bullet. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna go through beat by beat, talk about the characters, talk about the story, uh, talk about the unfortunate songs that were also in this episode. Um, yeah, and I think like without further ado, Lindy, take it away. All right, so this is season one, episode seven. I'm so happy that Josh is so happy. And like you've said, it's funny because we're not super happy after watching this episode. I know we're all really low on it, but I think we can still have some fun discussions throughout it. So we start off this episode, Paula and Rebecca are sitting in a car and at first you don't realize exactly what they're doing but as the scene goes on you realize that they are spying on josh and valencia as they move in together just totally totally watching them from down the street very creepy and just a little casual stalking no big deal you know it's fine no one gets hurt everyone stays in the car uh have either of you ever like done anything like this like uh not like this creepy right like have not we that... ever been stalkers no <laughs> uh okay i plead the fifth if you... oh well okay yeah i mean if you have been yeah, I, I think um, we should know <laughs> no no I, I have never done anything even remotely related to this sort of thing this is like more or less stalkery than what we've seen paula do earlier in the season or or rebecca for that matter actually I think this is probably the the most obvious stalkery. I mean, there's been like the, the cyber stalking mm-hmm. a bit, and you know, and Rebecca going someplace to kind of like 
you know, set herself up to run into Josh and you know, to mm-hmm. bump into him. But those have been kind of constructed to like to to run into him and all. Where this is just straight up spying. I mean, yeah, Rebecca is planning on going and dropping off the gift, but it is very much. I mean, they have binoculars for crying out loud. They have binoculars ready and out. So you know, yeah, this is the most stalkerish thing I would think. You don't have binoculars in your car at all times, just in case surprisingly no oh todd what if like a cool bird flies by and you have to look through the binoculars to see it? <laughs> that oh so common occurrence the, yes. the cool bird sighting i mean adam knows about my love of bird watching so mm-hmm. i can see why he's so shocked because that's yeah. all i ever talk about is crazy ex-girlfriend D and bird watching those are my, yeah. my the big three in the todd book so. Yeah, it's actually really good that we had to list like dog breeds instead of bird, uh, bird uh, type. I don't even know what the word is. Species, uh, variety. Uh, uh, what's the word for different types of birds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think I know that? I don't know. Uh, bird, uh, uh, wow. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, whatever the what birds are. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> It's going so great so far. This episode is just... The episode has broken us. Uh... We're doing great. So, oh, this is fun. So, Paula references Twilight. She says that Greg is Rebecca's Jacob, but we all know you'll end up with Edward. Mm. And Rebecca can't really remember what what that's from, like, what Twilight is. Uh, The freaking audacity. (laughs) <laughs> to not understand what Twilight is. Uh, famously, if you have not heard my takes on Twilight, the YA podcast, uh, the episode they did on Eclipse, I like went off. I was so excited uh, to get to talk about Twilight. I'm like, I'm a pretty big Twilight fan. Uh, very much Team Edward all the way. Um, yeah, I, I love a good like Twilight reference here. That was awesome, Adam on YA. So shout out to that. Definitely check it out if you haven't heard it. But yeah, I, I mean, do do we think that Greg is Jacob and Josh is Edward, or are you they not cut that really? out right now? <laughs> what? <laughs> You cut that like, out. If you if you remember Adam's takes on Jacob, I can see a uh, Adam not being super happy right now. I'm sorry, I just wanted to discuss it. Uh, if anything, and it's really not like you know, uh, Greg is Edward. That's who Rebecca admit for right now. I really have to like put a huge caveat on this because of like where things go. But like for right now uh greg is edward and annoying stupid josh is jacob i'm sorry annoying stupid josh is annoying stupid jacob oh my gosh i i think it's just a a weird comparison because uh the the relationships of this particular triangle don't quite line up ready for the best part though Rebecca is not Bella. That's like really the issue here, right? Rebecca is not Bella because Rebecca like has a personality and is a character. Hot take. Rebecca is Jacob. Wow. You know, I was I was I was kind of going along the like she is the one who like is into someone who is not into her and is into somebody else. Um kind of forcing her way into the situation. I put Paula as Edward. <laughs> was there was there anyone in the twilight series who's like hardcore shipping jacob and a uh 
and yeah, all of the fans. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> so, yes, so all, the, all the, the fans will follow us. Paula is the fans. Oh my, uh, this this works. Oh. Yeah, Paula. You know, again, like seeing Paula in this whole sequence, just like really, really pushing the anti-Greg thing, and basically telling a uh, Rebecca, you know, do this. A uh, if you if you don't do it for yourself, do it for me. I feel like we haven't talked about this a ton. Why is Paula so anti-Greg? Because Josh is what brought her and Rebecca together. And Paula made that her goal to get Rebecca and Josh together. Like she became part of the team with Rebecca because she wanted to be with Josh. And so that is Paula's mission. And so anything that goes against that, Paula is not here for. She is focused. She is determined. She is doing everything in her power to bring Josh and Rebecca together. And Greg does not fit into that picture. Yeah, I don't think she's actually anti-Greg as a person. She's anti-Greg as a stumbling block to this true love that she decided is what uh, Rebecca and Josh have after like talking to Rebecca for like two minutes about the whole situation. So yeah, Paula has fixated on this this is her own little obsession much like rebecca's obsessed with josh paula is obsessed with rebecca getting with josh they're both obsessed with the same thing and so she just has blinders on and isn't going to accept that any other outcome is acceptable at this point life advice from adam make all of your life goals more malleable <laughs> that's what you need to do it's like something shifts and changes you need to be ready to shift your goals with it if josh turns out to be a complete moron you have to take you know <laughs> you have to take a shift and then go to greg that's my life advice for everyone out there make your life goals more malleable life coach adam life coach adam you know kitchen quarter adam adam has all the best <laughs> advice <laughs> and yet <laughs> um yeah that's, uh, you know, I actually, you know what? I stand by that. That wasn't even a bit. That wasn't even like a bit of advice. I think that like your life goals should be a little malleable. Things shift, things change all the time. That's wise. That's wise. So it turns out Greg has been texting Rebecca a lot after they spent Thanksgiving together. They're going to go to a movie as friends. But what is really frustrating or one of the frustrating things about this episode is that Greg and Rebecca don't interact at all. And Greg is hardly even in this. So we hear about them, you know, being friends and hanging out, but we don't see any of it, which I don't love. Yeah, uh, I think it kind of fits with the with Rebecca being depressed and her maybe like cutting herself off from from people in her depression, but it doesn't make for an enjoyable episode in a lot of ways. Yeah, and then we see Josh and Valencia, you know, moving boxes from a truck into their new home. And Paula and Rebecca are watching. Turns out Rebecca got them a present. It's a rice cooker, which I think is a really nice gift. What do you think? Agreed. Like luxury appliances like that, rice cooker, panini maker, like a nice blender, toaster oven, stuff like that. Top-notch gifts, and I will accept any and all of them from anyone who would like to give me them. I was going to say, yeah, if, if any of my friends want to give me a rice cooker, I would be so grateful. That'd be awesome. So, you know, Paula is not happy about Josh and Valencia moving in. She says it means Rebecca won't have alone time with Josh now. And Rebecca says she just wants him to be happy, but clearly she is not happy about this. But you know who is happy? 
Valencia. She's so excited to be moving in, but she does need Sage to cleanse the house. She says that ghosts are obsessed with her. Uh, it's just the whole thing, that whole idea cracked me up because it's, it's you know, just Valencia being more convinced that the whole world's obsessed with her, uh, which, I mean, to, to be fair, we, we've seen people be obsessed with her, so uh, it, she has a bit of a point. But just the fact that she is convinced that the afterlife is obsessed with her and she has to drive the obsessed spirits away. I don't know. For some reason, that's one of the things in the episode that just tickled me quite a bit. Are you not a big ghost guy, Todd? Um, I don't really believe in ghosts, personally. Wow. A, uh, my, uh, yeah. It's not something that I really, really believe in. Although I'm, I'm like a huge horror movie fan. So like I, I watch that stuff. I think the ideas around that, there's really cool stories and things like that. But just personally, don't know if I believe them. Wow. Are, why, are you are you being like Ghost Hunters fan? Do you like watching all those shows, seeing them hunt down the ghosts? No, let's not, you know, extrapolate too far here. Uh, I'm like not one to say that ghosts are like fake though. That's like, you know, ticket number one on how to get haunted. <laughs> uh, easily uh you know i i fully respect the power of ghosts you know what i'm thinking about here so back when we first met valencia she was upset with Re rebecca trying to kiss her she was like why does everyone want to have sex with me so now i'm wondering maybe she thinks that ghosts want to have sex with her <laughs> maybe she's had some sort of experience i don't know yeah, I, I've seen movies like that. So yeah, it's a possibility. That's that's what she's thinking. You know what? And all I can think about is how it's just not worse than how Josh wants to have sex with a mannequin at the mall. So, <laughs> uh, you know, oh my, live God. your life, Valencia. Live your life. You know, who am I? Except she doesn't. She doesn't want it. She's like trying to say no to it. So. Yeah, she actually has boundaries. Agreed. Yeah, she's much better. <laughs> Good point, Todd. Oh my oh, gosh. Glad I, glad I could help. So, Paula at one point asked Rebecca, do you need me to call Valencia from her burner phone and tell her there's been a murder at the yoga studio so you and Josh can have more alone time? And Rebecca says, you came up with that way too quickly. Paula is ready to make this happen. And Rebecca calls Josh on the phone and... Obviously, they're watching him from afar, and he ignores her call. Should we play Count the Red Flags this episode? <laughs> uh, we counted the bup up ups. We've been counting the weirds. Man, there's more red flags in this episode than a... I don't know anything about NASCAR, but than a NASCAR race. <laughs> uh, I have to imagine there's some red flags there in some way. Uh, <laughs> Are there? Probably. I don't know. I'm not a big racing guy. Um I love that. Adam just sliding straight into a metaphor. He doesn't even know if it's going to work, but he's going for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no other way to live, Todd. Full tilt. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. I think this was a good, <laughs> I think this was a good choice by Josh, but indicated a much larger problem, right? I think that like, it's very clear that Valencia would not want Josh to be talking to Rebecca while, like, you know, while she can hear, like while they're doing something. Also, he's busy. I like have no problem with him ignoring this phone call. Same. I mean, he's in the process of moving. That is an annoying situation. You can't be talking on the phone while trying to carry boxes. But, you know, Rebecca says she's fine, but she's clearly bothered by this. But she's, you know, she's trying to hide her feelings, which she does several times in this episode. 
Yeah, so she, she says, I won't even think about it, which I was just like, yeah, famous last words, famous last words. <laughs> right. She walks in the office saying, you know, she doesn't want to feel this way. And she runs into Daryl, who, you know, needs her to do well with this potential client. They need to impress him and so that he'll bring his business to their firm. But Rebecca is so distracted by the Josh situation. She is trying to work on, you know, this new client's, you know welcome but she just can't get josh out of her head so she pulls a bottle of alcohol out that she has in the office and it has a note on it that says don't drink me (laughs) and then possibly my least favorite part of the episode rebecca empties the pen cup on her desk and pours the alcohol into the pen cup that still has ink from the pens and then she drinks it Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, Talk about unhealthy choices, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, do you guys have? Do you like have pen cups at your desk, like uh, you know, places to put your pens and pencils and stuff Absolutely. like that? Absolutely, I have one right here. Is there like loose ink at the bottom of those Absolutely cups? Absolutely not. Because to be honest <laughs> with you, that is the part that I like find the most concerning. I'm like, not. I'm not even gonna like get on her for having a bottle of alcohol at work. I'm not even gonna get on her for like taking a taking a swig. I mean, a little bit, right? You know, I'm not. I don't do that. Just to, cl- I just want to put this yeah. to clarify. I would never. Uh, but like you know that's like a very common like tv trope right like in a lawyer's office like you have a glass whatever of of, of alcohol it's the loose ink that i'm like what why like why did we make this choice (laughs) it's drinking the loose ink like oh my gosh i I cannot watch this (laughs) uh it's pretty gross (laughs) it turns her teeth blue (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But while she's drinking in her office, she on her computer, this, you know, video is playing and it's a health message from Dr. Phil. And he's talking about the signs of a panic attack. And as he's describing them, she is feeling these exact symptoms. So she is possibly having a panic attack right now, just not doing well. But she's at work and trying to do well and she we know she's very good at her job so clearly you know being so distracted by josh that it's affecting her work this much i feel like is really indicative of how bad this has gotten and you know paula we see her on the phone talking to her husband about how she needs him to do the carpool today she does it every day and she's just not feeling appreciated and is saying that and then their new potential client walks in it's calvin young and he sees paula and you know seems to like her a lot compliments her hopes they're going into the same meeting just being very charming he meets karen and she apologizes for her naturally damp pants she she says it's a medical condition i've been in some studies <laughs> Oh, Karen. She's great. I mean, to be honest, I feel like that's not that unusual for people to have sweaty hands at an important meeting. I also, like, I have had uh, uh, one of my good friends, uh, I don't know about, like, good friends, one of my friends in high school, like, had this condition. I don't even know what the name is called, but, like, he always had, uh, this is, like, going to sound very weird, but, like, he's always, he always had, like, had wet hands. Uh, and it, it was always, like, a thing, right, of, like, you know, make, being very, like, self-conscious of it. It's, like, you know, 
fucking like Doc's Karen for that. Uh, maybe like the greeting was very creepy though. <laughs> you yeah, know, could have done it's, better. Yeah, it's 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 the way she delivers the uh, the information more than the fact of the the condition itself. Yeah, Karen needs to have more boundaries about delivering information. As we've said, she's an oversharer. It's really the fact that she's sharing so many of these things at work. Glad we're coming around on that. Okay. (laughs) I've always said that. What are you talking about? Uh, Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. What do you mean? Go on. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Yeah, people shouldn't overshare work. Yes, continue. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about Karen. (laughs) Yep. I didn't say anything about real life, but okay. Rebecca is supposed to be talking to Calvin and she's still drinking out of the pen cup in the meeting and has blue teeth when she starts talking, calls their firm Josh Feather instead of White Feather. It just goes horribly. Yeah, the the continuing to drink in the meeting was, I mean, say what you will about like, okay, she, you know, she only had a couple of couple of sips of the drink earlier whatever to steady her nerves or uh, drinking at your work not a good idea regardless but the way that she just keeps going and doesn't just take take a drink or two but then brings it into this important meeting with her and it's like kind of chugging it as the to, to get her bearings it's like oh like like adam said like red flags all over the place and daryl talks to her and says that Karen smelled vodka on her, and Daryl tells her to go home. And <laughs> are you laughing at Karen? No, I, I was laughing at the, uh, you know, Rebecca's response was that, you know, that's that's crazy. Vodka doesn't smell. <laughs> yeah, and she begs Daryl not to take her off the case because, you know, if she's not working, she has to think, and, you know... It, it it's basically the theme of the episode. She does not want to have to think about her feelings because her feelings are obviously painful and she wants to distract herself as much as possible because when she is thinking about them, you know, she feels terrible. So I totally understand that. And she begs Daryl to not take her off this case. And he says, okay, fine, just go home and work on our presentation and come back on Monday and be the happy Rebecca we know and love. And Rebecca's response is, such a good tip. So helpful. Be happy. Yeah, it's like the the worst thing you can tell to someone who's not not feeling great. Someone who's, even if he doesn't realize that she's depressed. I mean, just telling someone to, like, to be happy, to, to just, like, oh, just get over it. Just cheer up. It's just, it's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. I think yeah. Daryl was in a tough spot here, though, to be honest, right? Like, I think Daryl... Uh, you know, his like star lawyer or whatever, his closer, I think is what uh, he called her, like just came in and absolutely like plummeted, right? Um, I don't know. I feel like usually you see those type of people just get like get fired right then and there. I don't know. I feel like it would be tough for Daryl to say much else. Not that what he said was good, but it's like it's just acknowledging that that's like a tough spot for Daryl as well as a tough spot for Rebecca. I think we've clearly seen that people don't really get reprimanded for their bad behavior at this law firm. Also true. (laughs) And so obviously it's problematic that Rebecca has been drinking at work and just totally screwed up this first meeting with their client. 
So obviously Daryl handles this well for what is happening. But just if we're taking his advice kind of out of context, yeah, that's just not helpful because it's like, oh, be happy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Get on that. Yeah. Great. I'm fine Uh, now. (laughs) I mean, obviously, that's just not good advice. But yeah, Daryl didn't fire her, didn't punish her in any way, just let her go home and work on it there because she wasn't going to be, you know, impressing the client in person. So he did handle it overall pretty well. So then we see Rebecca go home. She's lying on her couch, just clearly not in a good place. And she's on the phone with Paula and Rebecca lies to Paula and says she's doing fine. She's working hard, but what she's actually doing, she turns on the TV again and she sees Dr. Phil again, who is saying that repressed feelings lead to depression. And Rebecca is watching this French show on TV and admits out loud that she is tired and depressed and says, man, the French really know how to make depression look sexy. Then we get our first song this episode, which is I'm in a sexy French depression. Todd, what are your thoughts on this song? Oh, dear. Well, having a comedy song where you can't understand half the lyrics isn't generally a great idea. Uh, first of all so for most of it's in french and i even know like uh we can have adam fill us in or fill me in i don't really i don't know if you know french i know zero french whatsoever so maybe adam can fill us in on if the french lyrics are uproarious and hilarious and we're just missing out my my feeling is no because i saw his rating on the song earlier in the spreadsheet but yeah it just it doesn't work. It does not work at all. There's like a couple points where like she throws some English words into the midst of French and it's kind of, you know, maybe mildly amusing, like throwing in John Wayne Gacy's name in the midst of the song about the sexy French depression. But just overall, the the song isn't really witty or clever like a lot of the songs are. There's nothing really that funny about it. It's just drags everything down so yeah not a fan of the song um yeah i mean i was like thinking about should i answer this in french like to keep up the bit i really like thought about it uh c'est pas trop tard to do that but you know whatever uh we could it was like fine right even like the stuff that was in french it got a whole uh, you know spoiler it got a whole point bump for me because there was uh, french (laughs) Uh, that was with a point bump bump. um you know famously like i am a sucker for everything french but like this song just like didn't do it for me um the i don't know there was like nothing there it just felt like it was this one um you know i felt like they had this one sort of idea that like didn't land with me and then everything surrounding it like didn't help it right it like nothing was elevated here Uh, It was just sort of like this one note of this is what we're going to do. And like, they didn't do it great. And what they did wasn't even like a good idea. So I don't know. This didn't do much for me. Same here. I just, I don't really have anything to add. I just not a huge fan of this song, unfortunately. But then we see Dr. Phil, who is now in person with Rebecca, you know, seemingly right next to her and he tells her that there's nothing sexy about depression and tells her to get get your act together this place is a dump maybe hang up some art on the walls and 
I mean, what do we think? With should we talk about the Doctor Phil yeah, this episode? Please, please, let's do it. Uh, it did nothing for me. Again, just like man, so many parts of this episode, it just did nothing for me. I'm I'm not like a huge fan of Doctor Phil, and I actually feel like a lot of uh, I'm not gonna like pretend to be a medical professional here. Like I, you know. I'm not the person you should be taking medical or like even mental health advice from, but like, I don't think that Dr. Phil is either. So it like felt very weird to me to have like Dr. Phil in this space. Um, Especially like they were trying to hit like some funny notes, right. Of like, put some artwork up and like, you know, do stuff like that. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, what is this? What is this bit? Like you were, maybe they were just able to book Phil for a day and we're like, we got to use him for as much as we can. And I was like, why? What's the upside? Like what's, I just didn't, I didn't get the point. It didn't work for me. I think as the episode goes on, I think there are a couple of parts with him that did make me laugh. There are a couple of scenes with him kind of being the, the voice of Rebecca's inner reason, trying to talk her off of her, a uh, spiral that did work for me but i do agree that it being dr phil kind of is like an odd choice but he is probably one of the most recognizable figures in the mental health pop culture zeitgeist especially at the time that it was being filmed so for that that sense you know if they wanted to have someone recognizable then it made sense to have have him on there but yeah it's still it's kind of a an odd decision in some ways it is so weird and it just does not help that it's in this episode where so many other things are also not great this whole episode is just a a question mark it's like why (laughs) and you know dr phil tells rebecca he's in her imagination and he even compliments the pretzel from her big musical number AKA West Covina way back when, I mean, what is happening? Dr. Phil is basically Rebecca's own self reflecting her thoughts back to her, but in the form of Dr. Phil, it's just very odd. It was just dumb. I think it was just, it was like one of the things in this episode that I thought was just kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think we ever really see, do we ever see anything of this level of her having this sort of like imaginary thing happening that's not just in the midst of a musical number, like a, a constant like specter haunting her? Specter is definitely the wrong word, right? I think like we see a couple of characters that sort of like fulfill a similar purpose as we get later uh especially like in future seasons but certainly not like an imaginary dr phil following her around like this like we don't ever get even close to that i don't think i mean we have seen her in a scene talking to her younger self i don't know if that counts as a similar thing yeah that's i like that way more yeah but yeah that makes sense give me more of that what i don't know what phil's doing there Uh, Well, Rebecca is searching through her drawers looking for prescription medications because, as we saw, she dumped them all down the drain when she moved to West Covina because she thought she was fine. But she says now she knows she's not okay. And what Dr. Phil recommends is going to see a doctor. That's interesting because this is obviously a figment of her imagination telling her something that's contradicting her actions and saying, you need to see a doctor 
while she herself is frantically searching for spare prescription medications. Uh, my, I'm gonna, it's like a slight pushback I have. I actually think that internally Rebecca does want to see a doctor, but not for the reasons that Phil is saying, right? Like, I think we're going to see later that she just wants access to the prescription pills that she used to take, right? Like, I think like that is her motivation here of seeing a doctor. And so I think that even if it's like her subconscious saying you should go see a doctor, uh, I, I, it's, I think it's justified. Gotcha. That makes sense. Just the Dr. Phil of it all was throwing me off. Yeah, no kidding. But that makes sense. So now we get to one of the other plot lines of this episode, which is the guys building a table. The only That's... plot line I didn't actively not enjoy. I... Is... <laughs> they parsed that sentence, uh, break that down. Didn't actively not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a second there. <laughs> I love this group of people. But the table is so low stakes that it's just like, why are we watching this? So basically, Greg, Josh, Hector, and White Josh are putting together a dining room table for Josh and Valencia's new place. And what's happened is that Josh wants to surprise Valencia with this table. So he picked it out without her input, which if you have seen a second of Valencia in the show, you know is a terrible idea. Yeah, and and we've seen little hints of it before, but I think this episode is definitely the one where they've gone into the greatest detail about just how controlling she is of their relationship. You know, I mean, we've seen that Valencia, you know, likes things her way and all, but the fact that she has final approval over all of his clothing, that she, like, every little thing in his life, she is dictating. So it's, it's not even just, like things like oh i think we should do this or things did this it's very much that she is like dictating everything that he does and yes i agree specifically about the clothing for sure like that's very like uh you know uh uh dare i say i don't know if it's like a great idea for someone to like go out and buy a, a piece of furniture and set it up without like telling their partner who clearly like wants to have a lot of influence over the interior design of the room. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying Josh is in the right, even, you know. Even okay, a I just, bit. like, want to make that clarification. But <laughs> at, at the same time, a, uh, I think it's more of, it's it's an indicator of Josh being a dim bulb and not realizing, uh, but he's also, he's trying to do something nice. It's, because uh, he is trying to do something, because he wants to contribute. He wants to surprise her. She's upset, because they, not upset, but she's mentioned how she want how we don't even have a dining room table. So he's trying to do something nice to surprise her. And even if he should know better that Valencia is not going to appreciate him doing something without her input, at the same time, I mean, it's his freaking place too. It's his freaking place too. And she doesn't, she doesn't. Whenever he gets it for her, she doesn't go. Oh well, that's a uh, that's nice that you did. Oh, do you like this? It's just instantly. Oh, it doesn't go with the other stuff that I've already picked out. So if you just want to, you know, it's. I mean, yeah, he should consult her, but at the same time, he's trying to do something nice. He's trying to surprise her. Yeah, he should know better. Probably after how many years with Valencia, that it's probably not going to fly. But I can't fault the guy for wanting to have some sort of, you know, say in what's going to be in his own freaking apartment. 
But does he love this table and wants it for himself? Or is he just trying to do something for Valencia that she doesn't even want? Like, I think we can separate this into two different things. Like, Valencia's reaction is terrible. But I don't think Josh should have surprised her with a giant piece of furniture. It just doesn't make sense. Get her a nice gift or something. Dare I say, a rice cooker. (laughs) exactly exactly Uh, we've like seen similar storylines in other shows though right i'm just like thinking friends with the foosball table uh i think they did something similar and how i met your mother i just don't remember exactly what um but like getting i don't know big pieces of furniture for someone that you're living with with like out them knowing and their approval is like not the right thing to do i don't know i don't live with anyone so i can't really like put a t on this but uh you know I just think let's just say no surprise furniture unless unless that's something the person you're living with wants. If they want surprise furniture, go for it. But if they they haven't expressed that, I think it's probably best to get their input. And this table is apparently a 72 step process. <laughs> and when Hector hears this, he just like leaves. <laughs> White Josh, we lost Hector. Although it seems like he comes back. Yeah, he's back back later to tell the very uncomfortable story. But uh, did we get an explanation? Why did he come back? No. To tell us that terrible story. (laughs) Pretty much, expecting any sort of logic in this episode is probably too much. I think so. Uh, I would like to, at some point, go over what the seventy-two steps are to put together that table. We don't have to do that right this second, Uh, but you know. Oh, you've guessed the game for today. Damn it. Oh, we each have to go back and forth step by step to <laughs> I think I could handle that. Uh, I've wow. put together furniture before. I have two, and that's why I don't understand how there could possibly be 72 steps. I, well, I bought a table like, not terribly long ago, but man, it was like maybe eight steps, ten steps. Screw on the legs, flip it over. Bingo, maybe bongo, each, it's done. Yeah, maybe each screw is is one step. Maybe like step one, find find screw number one. Step two, find screw number two. No, know. step two, pick okay. up screw number one. Step, <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, you're like getting in the weeds there. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's enough table talk. I think we're, we'll get back to the table. <laughs> we'll get back. We'll have more table talk later. Uh, so then we see Rebecca visit Dr. Copian, who, you know, is her is she a therapist or is there a different title for her uh i think that's what we're allowed to believe yeah at least right now so she visits dr copian and basically is has gone there to get her prescriptions filled again and she says she's rehashed her childhood a ton already she doesn't want to do that again she doesn't want to do that to dr copian either (laughs) and she just gives her a list of the meds that she needs but obviously dr copian says she wants to dig deeper you know find out the reasons behind what rebecca is feeling and rebecca says that's great but i need to be better by monday (laughs) it's a work thing but Dr. Copian won't do it. So this is our first, the first time we ever see Dr. Copian. So what did you think of this particular scene? I don't know that I have like many thoughts on this particular scene, but I think just like Dr. Copian in general, uh, I like, I think as a character. Um, I think that oftentimes we can see in, uh, especially like 
comedy shows or sitcoms or whatever that therapy is sort of treated as like um well probably not how it should be and i think that like dr copian does a good job of like portraying what that sort of person in your life could hypothetically be to a good outcome and i think it's like valuable to a like see that on tv for people that like this is a good thing that like you could and you know if you need to be doing it like you could be doing it um but i also think like for the story itself i think that there are going to be many times when we are here saying dr copian is like a very good influence on rebecca when even other characters that we like and are rooting for are not and i think that like that is an important person for her to have uh so i'm like very pro dr copian yeah, yeah. I love Dr. Copian, the char character. I don't know if this uh, episode really highlights her super well, but I'm glad to have her introduced in the cast. I'm looking forward to getting more stuff with her and Rebecca and their interesting uh, you know, relationship as having Rebecca as a client is challenging, uh, to say the least. Yeah, we'll definitely dig deeper into their dynamic over time. Uh, one thing I was wondering, is this Dr. Copian's house or is this or is this an office? Probably both, right? It's yeah, I like, think it, Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it's probably like a, an office in her home. Uh I get that sense like at this point in time, I don't I wouldn't have gotten that sense initially, especially with the bathroom. But uh the but the later scenes make it seem like it is indeed her home, that she has a home office. I don't think that's fairly uncommon. Uh, I don't want to like speak for the vast majority of like people in that line of work, but I feel like a lot of the more um, intimate relationships that you would have like with uh, more like mental health professionals, like certainly a lot of them, I think are going to have more homey offices and just like, you know, and, and speak with you sort of in like a living room main space area as opposed to like a more of like a corporate strip mall, whatever sort of office. I don't know. That seems, that seems interesting to me. I'm not saying it, it doesn't happen, but I think that would be a weird boundary of, you know, working in your house when you have, you know, patients coming over. I've like definitely, uh yeah i mean whatever i've like definitely been to a therapy session at like a doctor's house like they were like that's where they had their practice was like at their house okay so, well I it's was a thinking, thing <laughs> none of the therapy sessions i have been to have been at someone's house <laughs> okay yeah fair enough <laughs> so that's interesting but yeah it, it's hard to tell but yeah rebecca stops in the bathroom before she leaves and she finds a pill on the floor and as we know she's been looking for those so she's gonna take it with her yikes <laughs> and then we cut to paula's house and paula and daryl are at her house preparing for their meal with calvin and uh, paula says scott's not there he's at a singing rehearsal and then we get this scene of the dinner you know, Calvin's complimenting the wine. He says it has the soul of a poet, whatever that means. <laughs> and Paula responds that she got it at the gas station. <laughs> I mean, gas station wine. 
I mean, don't buy wine from the gas station, I guess. It's like, I don't know. It's like not even cheaper than other places you could buy wine. So I don't know why you would. But I, I, gosh, the Paula of it all in this episode is probably like my least favorite storyline out of like all the ones that we see here. Uh, I really don't like Calvin. He's like, I don't know, kind of a creep in my mind, but I'm like not a fan. This might work better for you guys than it does for me, but I'm like very out on Paula this episode. This doesn't work for me, but I don't know if it's because of Calvin at all. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, to clarify, I'm not saying it's like because of Calvin, but he doesn't help. Like everyone contributes help. to the bad. <laughs> I guess he knows Paula is married. So. Yeah. Yeah, he knows she's married uh, because he, first of all, comes to her house. She mentions where her husband's out. She brings up her husband multiple times throughout the episode. So he knows what he's doing and he's pushing it hard and he's trying way too hard to impress impress her the entire time. It comes across just very, very, he's supposed to come across as charming and he just comes across as smarmy. Let's also not forget, this is a guy who is looking for like, a lawyer <laughs> like that that's the premise under which calvin and paula meet is like he is coming to like look for legal representation and paula is the paralegal who is like working on the case who is very clearly married and take from that the rest that we see like yikes <laughs> and so at the end he does choose to become a client at their law firm but do we ever see him again I was uh, going to look that up earlier because I couldn't remember if we did or not, but I forgot, didn't get a chance to look it up. So, But even if we do, we can't remember it. So it's not even that big of a deal. So just, I just have so many questions about this episode. It's like another bad look for Paula, I think. I don't know if we, we can keep like going through this beat by beat, but like, it's just another bad look for Paula. Even this dinner scene, right? Uh, where like they're talking, they're like, Tell me your entire life story about everything at this dinner scene. Let's play a game. Tell me. So I thought about having that be our game for today. I just go, Adam, tell me everything about your life ever. Go. Oh my God. That one one was going to be hard to score. So I decided not to do that. I would lose that game. I would win. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I should have done it. I'm sorry, Lindy. It's okay. I am not going to tell my whole life story on here. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. We have to keep getting it out bit by bit. Um, oh, apparently Calvin is back in the next episode. He is. Oh it's, no. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, it, I think I'm. It's the scene with. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. It's okay. also creepy, but in a different <laughs> way, and not with Paula. Um, I don't know. And like Daryl at that dinner is like Daryl is there. Like, what is happening? <laughs> it's just bad for everyone. And the Daryl like awkwardly leaves. As the, I, I don't know. I was, he, I'm so out on this whole storyline. He's such a third wheel, and it's his law firm. This is a potential client for his law firm. First and of all, first why of all, is it at Paula's house? Paula's house. Yeah, what are we doing here? Why is Paula the one hosting? She has like kids, right? This house right. is probably a mess. Oh, oh my god. 
go to a restaurant right a fancy yeah, restaurant yeah, you're telling me I'm like yeah i'm like this big hotshot guy who apparently loves the perks right oh i'm in it for all the perks it's like what he says time and time again and you send me to freaking paula's house for your dinner with daryl and that's it that's the whole shebang i'm out i'm not your client like that's never happening well clearly it was the right move for calvin he loved it who made that decision, you think? Do you think Paula was like, yeah, let me host? Or do you think no. Daryl was like, Paula, can you? Who made it? Because I I don't know. I don't know who could have possibly made, made that choice. I'm going with Daryl just because I could see him like, well, you're so good at this sort of thing. And I'm not. And I were a family. So I want to get that family atmosphere. I could see it being a dumbass Daryl decision. Yeah. Uh, just. <sighs> I definitely don't see Paula volunteering a that uh, this even oh my god yeah this isn't even like my least favorite part of this storyline this episode but it's just bad <laughs> yeah we're gonna get to more but that's where we are for now and then we see rebecca get home and she looks it up and finds out that the pill she found is add medication and dr phil's still with her and tells her not to take it and tells her that she's been rejected josh doesn't want you deal with it and rebecca says no and she takes the pill that she found on the bathroom floor and then she sits down to work on her presentation for calvin and i wanted to discuss this because she makes two edits that we hear about and she says that karen put two spaces after each period and she says what is it like 1997 or something <laughs> and so we can discuss these one at a time this to me is correct there should only be one space after a period i don't know if you all agree but i feel strongly about that yep it is such a hard habit for us old folks to break the two spaces after the period those of us who are actually trained to type on freaking typewriters it is i still like i just like muscle memory put two spaces after a period and I know it's not the accepted thing now because of computer fonts and everything. And I know if I ever turn a paper, people have to go through and remove all the extra spaces for editors. And I apologize to all the editors who've ever had to do that for anything I have turned in. So while I recognize that, yes, it should only be one space after the period, it is a really hard habit to break. But I'm glad that you acknowledge that because, yeah, I think it's a thing because of typewriters, you would have to put two spaces. But on the computer, if I see someone put two spaces, it just looks so weird to me. I have to change it to one. So I feel strongly about that. And then Rebecca says that there are all these Oxford commas and it seems like she's deleting them. But why? The Oxford commas are necessary. Why is she deleting them? Yeah, I, I am I am pro Oxford comma. I am very pro Oxford comma. But I know different professions have different citation styles, have different style guides, and perhaps in the legal profession, Oxford commas are frowned upon. I do not know. Uh, but yeah, whenever she said that Oxford commas, those have to go. I'm like, but why? Why? They're so helpful. They're they're, they're so clarifying helpful. punctuation. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, the two English majors are over here, punctuation geeking out while Adam's just sitting there, just like, go to yeah. town, folks. Uh, to this, town. Is, this has been the Grammar Minute. Uh... The Grammar Minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I had fun with that discussion. I felt so strongly about that. I had to bring it up. 
Well, I went to the document where we put the notes about things you want to talk about, and I had to put that because Lindy had already put that. So, <laughs> uh, shocking, I have no notes under that section. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh! So anyway, Calvin and Paula again. Calvin is asking Paula if she likes hot jazz. Would she and her husband like to join him for some smooth licks? And she says she would, but he's busy with rehearsal. He's not much of a licker. God, even you <laughs> saying that back just made me shudder. I hated saying it. <laughs> just. I know. I know. It had to be referenced, but we all hated that it had Jesus. to be referenced. We had to point it out, but now let's move on. And, yeah, and let's move on. Yep, yeah, yeah, would love to. We're moving on. Especially since we're going to come right back. Not very long. <laughs> <laughs> okay so rebecca has been up all night because of this pill she's done a bunch of things she's put up decorations looks pretty cool she's got some it's a shark with christmas lights right yeah i actually like that i'm like a big christmas light guy uh i have like christmas lights in my apartment year round i'm a huge fan of that more christmas lights yeah for sure it's a nice it's a nice atmosphere and she checks instagram and sees that valencia has posted a photo of her and Josh's new bedroom with the hashtag christened. Oh my gosh! Why? Oh, <laughs> well, I didn't Talk about notice that. Sharing. Talk about uh... oversharing. Yeah, I, I didn't notice the first the first time I watched the episode that didn't I didn't notice what they said. Now the rewatch, I'm taking notes. I heard that, and I was like, Valencia, why? Uh, why? Well, Lindy, thank you for bringing those to my attention. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> I know it's horrible. Um, good God. <laughs> I, I just, I have nothing to say. I'm just like Valencia. Why? 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 Could it? Okay. Is it like one of those? I'm like trying to come up with an equivalent that would be like humorous enough to justify posting. Uh, I don't know. I could see it as like sort of like a funny little like ah. Uh, but, but it's Valencia terrible. Doesn't, it's yeah, Valencia doesn't me. like humor, remember? So that's true. Yeah. She, right. So she's this is just a brag. This is just like I had sex with Josh on this bed. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gross. And Rebecca says, maybe that pill was not what I needed. And so she calls someone, but we soon find out it's Heather. And she asks for downers. And then she and Heather outside, you know, smoking weed and Rebecca, Rebecca is relaxing now. And I've like, and <laughs> I've like no like real thoughts here other than it just to note that we like get another Heather uh, appearance. Like we have we haven't gotten like a ton of Heather appearances, and I think it's like kind of odd, maybe that like Rebecca is like so quick to call Heather in this type of situation. Not that like she was wrong, and not that like it didn't like you know accomplish what she wanted to accomplish, but like. You know, just noting it that this is another Heather appearance. I think Rebecca knows, or Rebecca probably thinks of Heather as really cool and as someone who would be able to help her with this and their neighbors. And, you know, Heather's been to a party at her house. I don't think it's that weird that she would call her. I mean, they did like, collaborate together to get Rebecca a booty call. So that's true. That's, this, yeah, is that's not true. The, this is not the most intimate thing they have, like, worked on together. So. But yes, it is nice to have Heather back, even if it's just 
in a weird stoner uh, supporting role. Not like my least favorite thing in the world from Heather, I guess. I don't know that I'm like, you know, I don't know how like in the weeds we want to get here, but like, I don't, this is certainly not the worst we see Heather by any means. Hmm. I'm not sure what you're referring to as bad, but I get, I guess we'll have to get to that. Yeah. I just don't remember. But that's okay. So then we see, we, we check back in with the guys. They've just woken up. They've spent all night building this table and they haven't even finished sorting the screws. <laughs> and Valencia, you know, calls Josh and is mad at him for not, you know, being home, which makes sense. I mean, it's their new apartment and he's already spending a night away. And if he's surprising her with the table, he probably didn't tell her why. Uh, yeah, not to yeah. Like skip over this. Um, he's not building the table in the place where the table is going to be. <laughs> yeah oh that's yeah but not only is this a ridiculous choice to like buy the table put the table together without like the approval or or knowledge of valencia why are you putting it together in a secondary location like what what's the what are we doing uh i don't know josh is such a freaking idiot (laughs) (laughs) yeah which which brings me to the the rest of the scene where they start saying you know josh uh you don't have to stay with this table and start using the table as a very, very thinly veiled you know, metaphor for his relationship with Valencia. But it's still, even though it's the thinnest of veils and almost any idiot could see through it, Josh cannot see through it. And my question is, they, again, these people have known Josh all their lives. Why are they trying to be subtle with Josh? They should know that Josh is not going to be able to pick apart what they're trying to get at. Even though what Josh is, is like a bros before tables. It's his comment. It's obvious. It's obvious. And yet Josh is just this quizzical look the entire time. Like, huh? Huh? Uh, yeah. It's not the only part of this scene uh, that was interesting. <laughs> Uh, I was waiting for Lindy to like recap the other part and just read out that whole uh, uh, couple of phrases. I thought maybe she would. You'll be waiting a long time. Uh, I am not okay. gonna go through that again. If you wanna, no, I don't. I don't experience it. Just rewatch the episode, uh, everyone. Don't. It's basically this it. long story about quote unquote parking, mm-hmm. and it's not parking. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like a uh, you know um, Tobias Funke levels of saying things <laughs> that are inappropriate without realizing that they're inappropriate. Uh, with the capper being Greg, just saying, "Well, that was edifying." Yeah, it was a very weird scene. Uh, Todd, to your like actual question though, I like have a few thoughts here. Um, there is a line I think when you are friends with someone who is in a relationship that either like you don't approve of or isn't good for them or isn't healthy for them. There is a line of like things you probably should not say things that are incredibly awkward to say and things that you straight up just can't say. And I think that uh, it gets tricky. Um, I'm not going to like speak for, all people but i do think like especially for guys talking to like your guy friends about a girl who like number one you really like maybe don't like or number two is like maybe causing some issues is like 
not a topic that you're probably ever going to discuss for better or for worse, probably for worse. And I think that um, even like thinly veiling it sort of like gives you plausible deniability of like, we're having this conversation, but also we're not having it. Now, Josh being an absolute moron and not understanding the conversation is a completely separate thing here, I think. Uh, but I, I do just like want to say I, I, I didn't find it uncommon to like sort of be using, uh, you know, workaround language for this particular conversation, especially among that particular group of people. Yeah, I mean, if they're friends with him, they're going to be friends with him a long time. If Josh ends up staying with Valencia for the rest of their lives, they're not going to want to trash talk her now and have that drive a wedge in their friendship. So yes. I understand. So why even broach it in the even remotely i i don't know the because i think they're trying to help right i think that's like the whole point is that they like see something they're able to get the perspective that we have like right the third party perspective of this is what i'm seeing this is what's happening valencia is freaking dressing you every morning um but like he's not able to see that and so i think like they want to intervene but they also they can't cross that threshold because like to lindy's point like there's breaks somewhere there that like end up being really bad for them so so then we see Rebecca and Heather hanging out and, you know, they're walking down the road, they're eating food, and they show up at Dr. Copian's house, apparently, uh, her office, and they, you know, sneak around the back and look at through the window and see her prescription pad. And so Rebecca decides to climb through the little pet door in order to steal the prescription pad. But before she can do that, she gets caught by Dr. Copian when she's halfway through the door. And I do I do think this line is funny. She's like, please, sir, may I have some pills? Which is, you know, an Oliver twist reference. Yes. Well, it's just because a, a Heather had just said that she has those British nanny uh, breasts. And so we got the British nanny reference and then she gets caught. So then she puts on her British accent and does the Oliver reference. And Dr. Copian is not amused. And... Nope. That is completely understandable because Rebecca is breaking into her house. So not good. And speaking of not good, then we have Paula and Calvin at the jazz together. Mm. I don't even know. I mean, they're talking about traveling. Paula asks about Paris, which ties back to the Thanksgiving episode where she talked about autumning in Paris. So clearly that's somewhere Paula wants to go. That makes sense. She just wants to travel in any sense she says scott travels for singing to places like fresno she'd love to go there so paula clearly needs some change but yeah i mean i only have like one comment here uh lindy which is uh of course um squeedle 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 it's just yeah that's it that's all i have to say the at that was one edifying point... thank yes. you at one point in the the subtitles for that, it says "squeedle little lips." At one point. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Which I'm like, is that what he really said? I don't want to know. I don't know. I don't want to go back. But yeah, "squeedle little lips" was the 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 captions for at least one part of his hmm. little a uh, hot jazz. Yeah, oh. when the guy comes in and introduces like "Welcome to Smoky Jazz," the subtitles also have like four Z's on on the jazz and smoky jazz. So I don't know if that's really the name of the place or if he was just trying to get the guy drawing it out, but it's yeah. 
I even like jazz music. I, I won't like steal your thunder, Lindy, but like we're about to go to a song and I like didn't do anything for me. And I, you know, I like jazz. I like that whole genre of music. This was this whole scene was just like weird. Yeah, this song, second song of the episode, his status is preferred. And I agree. I was just like, I love, you know, I love Paula and I love her singing. And yet during this song, I just found myself not that interested. I'd say this is a song that her performance elevates it over what it would have been with sort of like the, the French elevated the other song for Adam. Like her, her performance elevates the song slightly for me. It's still not a good song. So it's not something I'm giving high marks to, but just her performance uh, is enough. Her voice and everything about her performance is enough to elevate it just slightly. So I don't hate the song, but yeah, it's not one of my five favorites either. I feel bad. We're basically saying we're not happy with any parts of this episode, basically. And I do want to say, like, I love this show. We all do. We love the the songs and the characters and the show as a whole. It's just that this episode just does not work for for us. And we haven't had to like to the show's credit, we haven't really had any stinkers so far. Right? Like, we've had, like, six, like, pretty good episodes. Some we liked better than others, but, like, overall, pretty good. I think, like, we missed on this one. Yeah. And even with this, I mean, there are there are lines that made me laugh. There are bits that I enjoyed. They're just kind of drowned out by the overall plot mechanics that the I don't like seeing. Like, there's just so much in the plot that I didn't care for. And then there are some bits and lines that I, like, why did they do that? Why did they go there? And so... Like I said, there, there are lines that actually made me laugh. There are things that I think are funny in the episode. But on the whole, it just is a, a more more miss than hit this time around. Yeah, even in like, you know, to, to your point, I think like even in the next scene, like we see, uh, barring the whole ridiculousness at the hotel, like I don't even, we don't even like need to get there. But I feel like the scene that we see of like Rebecca uh, and like getting the phone in her hand and like being in that state, I feel like that was actually one of the better parts of the episode in my mind i feel like we had like a lot of miss in this episode but like seeing rebecca's like um seeing the two stories connect again i think right because they started sort of connected at the beginning with like both paul and rebecca in the meeting with calvin and then like they both split apart in very different ways and then like to see them come connect back together again at the end i actually liked that yeah, we'll get to that part in just a minute because first, you know, after the song ends, Calvin says to Paula, you know, I'm not ready for this to end. Are you? And basically holds up a, you know, a key to a hotel room. And <laughs> then we see Rebecca and Heather in Dr. Copian's office and Dr. Copian saying she could have them arrested. Heather says, I didn't do anything. I'm just a student. <laughs> As though that you know, makes you not guilty of breaking into someone's house, being a student. And Dr. Copian offers to not press charges if Rebecca makes an appointment and starts to get help. So Rebecca agrees to that, and she and Heather walk outside, and Rebecca says she gives up. She lies down on the grass to nap. She can't even, you know, move to get her phone out of her bag. She has Heather do it for her. And she calls Paula to say she can't do the presentation on Monday. 
And this is a part where you're talking about Adam, where these two storylines come back together. And I too do like this scene because Rebecca is clearly, I mean, she's been struggling this entire episode and it has been sad to see because I like Rebecca, I'm rooting for her and I can tell she's in a lot of pain. And so you really see that when she just lies down on the grass, like it's, it's sad. And you can tell she is so unmotivated and has said she's depressed and is experiencing all these feelings she doesn't want to feel. And yet when she is on the phone with Paula and realizes that Paula is at a hotel with Calvin, she immediately gets up and runs, not even waits for an Uber, but runs because it's close enough to this hotel to stop Paula from making a mistake. And I I really appreciated that Rebecca feels so strongly about Paula and their friendship and wants to help her that she goes from just completely having given up lying on, on the ground and runs off to help a friend agreed yeah i like i said i think like the connection between the two and like just the sudden shift that you were talking about of like she like couldn't move she's like on the ground hey my phone it's like in her bag that's like a half a foot away from her hand that's like open uh and then she like moves more to readjust her hand to look at the phone than she could have than just to get the phone out of the bag uh but then i don't know i liked that part that was the part that i liked of this episode (laughs) Yeah, it's always nice when you can see Rebecca being a good friend back to Paula. Uh, I talked about it before. For the first few episodes, it was very much a one-sided thing. But then you know, Rebecca did help Paula with the uh, school and everything. And so we have gotten to see a little bit more of it being like a back and forth. And that it's not just Rebecca, you know, relying on Paula to help her with her shenanigans it is definitely you know rebecca cares about paula and rebecca wants to help paula rebecca wants to keep paula from making a mistake so it's i agree that's a a bit of the episode that i do enjoy and rebecca runs into the room as it seems paula and calvin are about to kiss and rebecca runs in saying don't do it and was this where they were having what strawberries and champagne or something yeah, I, uh, Rebecca was, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? Uh, they had like the whole nice big hotel room and Rebecca was like, oh, the only thing could make this, or, or, or Paula was like, the only thing could make this better is strawberries and champagne. And then, of course, like the knock on the door and she was like, oh, you didn't. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course, it wasn't strawberries and champagne, but. Yeah, I would think you would want, you know, some chocolate in the mix there. I don't know. Strawberries and champagne does it for me. I'm like not a big chocolate guy, but um I do love me some strawberries and champagne. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, so does Paula. Um, But soon we're going to see that Valencia does not love this table that has been built for her. The guys somehow finished it. I don't know how. They got through all 72 steps. They sorted all the screws. And Valencia comes in and Josh surprises her with the table. And Valencia basically gets Josh to agree that he'll take it apart and give it back without actually saying, I hate it. You know, she just says, doesn't match our things. What if you took it apart and give it back? And is saying this in a just, I just, I just don't like this storyline at all. Just to have it end like this. <laughs> yeah. I will say there are 
the things that made me laugh in this scene were the other guys, like their unveiling of it. Like, oh, it's a table. We surprised you that you didn't even pick out yourself. <laughs> and also, like the the capper of after she leaves, uh, White Josh, like she scares me so bad. Uh, that that line delivery killed me. So that that made the scene, you know, you know, worthwhile for me in that that respect. But it was definitely more Greg and White Josh that I was enjoying that scene than anything to do with Josh or Valencia. And Valencia Valencia even says before she leaves, you guys should come over for dinner when we have the right table. Just a snide remark in every sentence she says in this scene. Yep. And that's the story of the table. And Adam, so you you have said justice for the table. Does that mean that you think this is a great table? Um, great is probably the wrong word. I'm not going to, again, I'm not like a furniture expert, uh, but like the table seemed fine. I think it, it seemed looked, okay. It looked nice. It yeah. looked spacious for two people. Yeah, it did the job, which is really all that like a table needs to do. So. It also needs to match all your other furniture. I don't think it, uh, well, okay, maybe this is just me, but, you know, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant, you know, according to Valencia. Yes, according to Valencia, of course, yes, but, you know, according to Adam, who cares? <laughs> and then we get Rebecca's speech to Paula and sort of Calvin uh, in the hotel room. She tells Paula, I know your marriage is crap, but this isn't real. It's a Band-Aid. You need to face your real problem, which is that your marriage is dead. And, you know, in this speech, Rebecca is realizing that she has to feel her feelings. You know, you can't just put a Band-Aid on them and expect them to get better because that's not solving the real issue. And Paula cries and they hug. And then, you know, Calvin is affected by this emotionally. He says he misses his dead wife, who he had mentioned earlier. And all three of them are hugging. And Heather is just sitting there on a chair saying, this is the most entertaining day of my life. <laughs> and she's doing it all while eating Toblerone. <laughs> yeah. And as she says that, I'm, my response was, I wish I could say the same, Heather. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and somehow this... this this is an interesting way to woo a client because you know what? It works. And Calvin says Rebecca's speech was brave and it was foolish. And, you know, she's what he's looking for in a lawyer. And not just a, a lawyer, but like a commercial real estate lawyer. I think he specifies that's what I'm looking for, you know, in a commercial real estate lawyer. Someone's not afraid to speak the truth or something like that. Just like, okay, yeah. Again, weird way to go about it, but, you know, Rebecca seems to be a great lawyer. So I guess ultimately, Adam, are, do you disagree? Your, your face seems to. From the perspective of Calvin, I just don't okay, know how yeah. you could possibly put together that Rebecca seems to be like a good lawyer. I mean, he's I'm seen. A, from like our a, perspective. From our perspective, for sure. But like Calvin has seen like a drunk Rebecca with blue teeth storm out of a meeting at the beginning. Then she interrupted him as he was about to have sex with Paula. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not, again, I said this before, but like, I'm not your client. If, of course, I'm also not coming. I'm not going to sleep with your paralegal, but you know. Yeah. I would say Calvin's making questionable decisions throughout this episode as it is. So any other questionable decisions he makes doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. Pretty anti Calvin. 
Well, Rebecca, you know, goes into work later. Everyone applauds her for, you know, getting this new client. And she announces to everyone that everyone should feel their feelings. She's all about just making announcements to the whole office. And uh, Karen starts to say something about being frustrated with the copier. And Rebecca's like, cork it, Karen! Another scene that made me laugh in the episode. The cork at Karen made me laugh. Just and Karen keeps on going, and then Daryl goes to the cork it, and then she gets you know, kind of like and throws the papers down and storms off. And yeah, the, all all the bits of Karen in this episode crack me up. The funny thing is, this is a totally reasonable feeling to share at work, being frustrated <laughs> with the copier. And this is the time that they're like, "No, no, Karen." Yeah. Oh, and then we see Rebecca at Dr. Akopian's place again. She's here for her appointment. She's, you know, ready to do the hard work. But then she gets a text from Josh who asks to meet her at Cup of Boba. And as we know, when Rebecca gets a text from Josh asking her to get Boba with him, she is going to run out of whatever she's doing. So she just leaves the appointment to meet Josh. But she does say that she is feeling better already and see you next week. So she's not saying she's never coming back. She's just saying, I gotta go right now. And so she and Josh meet up. Josh is really excited about the rice cooker gift, which makes sense. Again, as we said, great gift. And he shows her a picture of the dining room table and asks if it's a nice table. And Rebecca says, it's perfect. It's not per- it's a table. Let's, <laughs> let's keep our heads on here, okay? It's a table. It's a table. Yeah. I don't know why she would have said it's perfect other than the fact that he's showing it to her, but Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's 100%. <laughs> she could have just said it's a great table, but she said it's perfect. It's a perfect table. But anyway, Josh invites her to check out their new place sometime, something about sliding around the floors on their socks. Is this something that people commonly do in new apartments? Yeah, actually, like yes, I you know, okay, I want to affirm people. I when I moved to, I you know, I moved just over uh, like a year ago. Uh, yeah, it's like one of the first things I did before any of my stuff was here because I got here before the moving truck, so I slid around a little bit. It was very fun. Would recommend. Awesome, I'll have to try that sometime. <laughs> and uh, then, then Rebecca turns and sees Doctor Phil. At Cup of Boba. And obviously she's been talking to him this whole episode. And so she tells him, keep walking, old man. But (laughs) unfortunately, this time, it's actually Dr. Phil. So that was pretty rude. But Josh is really excited, says, I'm a huge fan of yours. And Dr. Phil says that they make a cute couple. And Rebecca overreacts to this statement Oh my gosh, it's so funny. He thinks we're a cute couple. He thinks he thinks we're a cute couple. He thinks we're a couple. Uh, but we're not a couple. But he thinks we're a cute couple. Oh, but, but we're not a couple. But he thinks we're a cute couple. Yeah, he, she full Rebecca's this. Oh, yeah. And then Dr. Phil tells Josh, good luck. <laughs> good luck, buddy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I would like to back up just a little bit. So d- mm-hmm. during the, the slippy slidey socks <laughs> thing, a... Uh, you know, Josh says, but don't tell Valencia because she thinks it's stupid. And then in our notes, I put, don't tell Valencia, cue Adam rant. So, mm-hmm. Adam, I, do you have any thoughts on this? I almost don't even know if I need to say it. 
I feel like I've said it so many times now about what is and is not okay that Josh continues to do. Now, but Adam, he's just a hopeless idiot. But Adam, Josh is just a moron who like couldn't even build a table in one night with the help of like four other people. I hear you, dear listener. But Adam, no. This is terrible. You should, I mean, it like doesn't even take a, an ounce of intellect to understand that you should not be telling another girl who you have previously said you are finding attractive who moved all the way across the country just to be with you that like she should come over to your house uh, to slip and slide on your floors in socks <laughs> and not tell your girlfriend about it who already Amazing. does not like you of course you should not be doing that. It's absurd that we're having this conversation so many episodes in because Josh, the freaking moron that he is, decided to go not only as far as inviting her over to slip and slide. That, is, that would be one thing. If it was just, hey, come over, come slip and slide on the floor, that would be one thing that I would already not be happy about. But then to say, don't tell Valencia, Joshua! <laughs> <laughs> that was everything i hoped for thank you Adam. it gets me every freaking time it's so annoying and how like categorically unhealthy and bad it is but it just continues to happen i hate it there's adam's life advice don't slip and slide with other girls behind your girlfriend's back yeah <laughs> okay that's i'm two for two on pieces of life advice for today <laughs> <laughs> man and we only have one more scene in this episode it's the ending scene and it's back Dumb. to paula and calvin <laughs> at the hotel uh singing the sexy gonna do it song and i am gonna start this off by saying why are we going back to them at the hotel when we've already resolved this whole thing and clarified that this was not a good decision and, and then we flash back to it with the sexy gonna do it song just why they wanted the song i think they like had the idea for the song right i think they were like oh sexy getting ready song Ooh, we could like revamp that for this and then i think probably what happened is it got cut from the episode and they were like we still got it we should still do it uh i will say to calvin's credit uh, love the consent asking at the end of the song. Big fan of that. Uh, everything else, uh, get out. I hated it so much, but it's just dumb. It was dumb. Paula's little chuckle at the end kind of made me laugh. Yeah, but... it did actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, ah! I, 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 <laughs> yeah, that that performance from her that that made me laugh. But yeah, on the whole, we could have like snipped that out of the end and been much better off for it. And that's our episode. That's the episode. Uh, you know, we admittedly, we talked about it for much longer than I thought we were going to talk about it, but it's not, it's not my favorite episode that we've seen. It's not? Yeah, uh, it's I, not. I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell from the, from However, the conversation. However, what is my favorite is how many points I am beating <laughs> Lindy by in our overall game score. Uh, we're on episode seven, and it is five to one overall so far we're like uh you know 
We're getting there. We're getting through season one. Todd, you have another game for us today, and it's slightly different than usual. Tell us what we're doing. Yeah, so we're going to do something slightly different today, and we'll see if it's also not your favorite thing that we have done. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see. So today, uh, at the very beginning of the episode, you know, we just talked about how Paula brought up Twilight, how it was the greatest love story since Shakespeare in love. I like where this is going, Todd. Twilight quiz. Yeah, no, I, Adam, I am aware that you were on a Twilight podcast, Damn and it. I was not sure of Lindy's uh, Twilight knowledge. So. I did go to the midnight release of the fourth book, so. All right, Todd, next I know Twilight so reference, you gotta. Uh... Uh, man, so so now I wish I had done the Twilight <laughs> quiz, but uh, sadly, I did not do the Twilight quiz. What I am going to give you is a game about some famous characters from some famous love stories. Okay. And you're going to have to a uh, tell me who these couples are but instead of doing a quiz we're going to be a uh, doing a little bit of a word scramble so i put some of these a uh, famous famous a uh, couples into an anagram creator and got some anagrams so i'm going to put the anagram in the in our chat as i say it so here's i'll give you an example so here we have a blander waddle and if you unscramble a blander waddle, oh no, see, <laughs> you will get Bella and Edward. Uh, I'm gonna lose this game. Okay, oh <laughs> uh, we will. Uh, can we put these in like the show notes under the episode, the uh, the scrambled ones, so folks can play along at home? Sure, yeah, sure. If you so want to like try this, uh, okay. So I think what we're going to do, uh, I was trying to decide whether I should t have you take turns or have it be a put it in and whoever can get it first yells it out. I think that's probably going to be uh, the better the better way to, to handle this uh, just for dead air reasons. And so I'm going to give them to you. And if you're not able to do it, then I'll start to give some clues. And so I, will, I will, so we won't have lots of dead air as you guys are trying to uh, figure them out. And so I'll start off with kind of a broad clue and a little bit more specific clue, and then a, the name of the work that it's from, uh, and see how that goes. Okay, so, Todd, how many of these do you have? What are we playing uh, to? We're gonna have we're gonna have four. Just keeping with the four, keeping it nice and small, and then we will have a a lightning round if if there is a, a time if we haven't taken too long. Okay, and, and what the lightning round will be the lightning round will be a a different a different a, a kind of topic format whatever but okay. kind of and, similar to last week so. and each one is one point just to each one's just gonna be one point great let's roll so you ready lindy perfect. how are you feeling oh well obviously i'm feeling terrible but i'm ready uh <laughs> right. okay so here is our first one our first one is main sane dad m-a-i-n-s-a-n-e-d-a-d so this is some sort of <laughs> pop culture couple that is relatively well known. So this particular couple is from a TV show. Lindy. Oh, I'm not raising my hand. I'm just oh, excited that it's TV. It's a TV show. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, so this couple is a... Uh, Sam and Diane! Sam and Diane! Yes, it is oh, indeed Sam and Lindy. Diane from Cheers. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. I have a point. Oh my gosh. Wendy, look at you. One to zero. 
Oh my gosh. Alrighty. So our next one is going to be Majored Outline. Majored Outline. And this particular couple is not from TV, but they have been in movies and were originally from a play. Oh, boy. So it's a famous a couple from uh, a Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet it is indeed. Oh, so no. that's oh. one point for Adam, one point for Lindy. One to one, Lindy. Oh my gosh. All right. Our next our next couple uh, the anagram of their name is Chandler Soars. All I can Chandler think of Chandler Pong. Um <laughs> So, Chandler Soares, this couple, is also from a TV show. It's also a sitcom. Ross and Rachel. It is indeed Ross and Rachel. I'm oh. devastated that I did not that one. I... Oh my goodness. Yeah, the... Uh, I whenever I saw that Ross and Rachel had one anagram that had Chandler in it, I had to throw it in there. I I'm so upset to... that it was Chandler and I didn't get Ross and Rachel. Mm. Oh my god! I even said the Chandler bong. I know. I was like, I was like, oh, oh no, oh no. I was looking okay. for Monica in that. Soars <laughs> uh, <laughs> equals Monica. Uh, okay, two right, to one. So two to one, and here is going to be our last one. I'm trying to decide which one to go with. Oh, you have more All than right. four, Todd. Yeah, I, I, I had, I had several a uh, to to choose from. So we're gonna go with this one. So it is a grandpa tycoon. Not roller coaster tycoon. No, not roller coaster tycoon. A grandpa tycoon. And oh, no. once again, this is a couple from a TV show. It's another sitcom. It's a sitcom that was aimed at a, a more more family audience, a younger audience. The couple were actually a uh, from a uh, been a couple since they were in elementary school, and the show followed them through the course of their elementary school, high school, and college experiences. Corey and Topanga. Cory and Topanga is indeed oh, Lindy. The couple. Yes. Shout out to Jess Sterling. <laughs> yes. Oh, I had wow. Boy Meets World on the mind. Oh, I was doomed from the start. Oh my goodness. Alrighty, setting me so, up here big time. So we have two to two. It's all tied up. Moving into the lightning round. So the lightning round is going to be tangentially related. It's not going to be about couples but since paula did say there's the greatest love story since shakespeare in love we're going to talk a little bit about shakespeare so today's lightning round is who can is taking turns naming shakespearean comedies shakespeare's plays are broken up oh. into tragedies histories and comedies so you're gonna be taking turns wow. naming shakespearean comedies I, Lydia, I just have to say, I feel like you have an edge here, no? 
I I don't want to say that ahead of time and then lose because that would just be too, <laughs> too upsetting. Uh, okay, fair enough. All right. So since this is a uh, an odd numbered episode and you're all tied up, normally on the lightning round, whoever's behind would go first. But since you're tied up, Adam will be the one to go first. So Adam, you'll please name a Shakespearean comedy. Okay. Uh... We only read one Shakespearean comedy in high school. Uh, and boy, I hope it was a comedy or else this is going to be a brutal start to this lightning round. Uh, give me Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night is indeed considered one of the Shakespearean comedies. We are so. uh, at the end of my tank. Uh. <laughs> Lindy. Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing is indeed a Shakespearean comedy. Adam. Oh boy, I'm just gonna have to name a Shakespearean oh work. Oh no. Ah uh, okay. <laughs> There's no way that's a comedy. Uh, uh okay, this is a great this is a great lightning round. Um I will take I don't know enough Shakespeare to like justify this. Uh, let's see another one. Uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream. Is that a comedy? A Midsummer Night's Dream is indeed considered a Shakespearean comedy. Let's so. go. I'm really upset because that was my next answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid. I was afraid that might happen. Never said that one. Like, ooh, yeah. Oh my goodness. And those are the two that I was sure about. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I Yeah, that's why I didn't say anything before the quiz because I I can't be confident about anything. Oh my gosh. What's a Shakespeare yeah. comedy? Man. I should have just done all Shakespeare plays. It probably would have been easier to pick from, but I was afraid that would go on too long. <laughs> yeah, I read a lot of Shakespeare, Todd. I could probably go for <laughs> If we were doing not just comedies, I would have more answers. Yeah, I feel like I probably have to answer right. There's yeah, yeah. I think I think in the lightning round, I think the answer needs to come soon. Oh, uh, so. I don't know if this is a comedy. Othello. Othello is most definitely not a comedy. So I'm sorry, Lindy, but once again, well, Adam has taken. Well, game. has he? Has he won? He got two to your one. Oh my so. gosh. Yes. Because he stole one of your answers before you could say it. So I just forgot that I didn't answer that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was somebody... I was between a Midsummer Night's Dream and As You Like It for my like two answers. And I didn't even know if As You Like It was a comedy. So I didn't know As if Midsummer like Night's it, Dream was a comedy either. As You Like It is also considered one of the Shakespearean comedies. Okay. So wow. Other other ones include uh, Love's Labor Lost, Measure for Measure, The Merry Wives of Windsor, The Taming of the Shrew. So never even heard of most of those Todd <laughs> uh, well, wow Lindy uh, you man. really hate to see it I think I mean I love to see it uh, but it does feel a little bad now that we're like 6 to 1 here after 7 episodes I thought you had that one I really did that's what makes the defeat even more crushing oh. is that this, this was my quiz to lose I mean well to win you know 
we had unscrambling of TV couples and then naming Shakespeare plays. And I was an English major who loves TV. And so I'm talking calmly right now. But inside of me, there's a deep burning rage and disappointment aimed at myself that I don't want to feel. But feel your feelings. You must feel your feelings. Rebecca says, feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be feeling some disappointment tonight. This is where I will point out it is still technically possible for you to come back and win season one. There's no need to point that out. <laughs> uh, just like throwing it out there, it's still well within the realm of possibility. Um, Todd, that was a great game. Uh, the uh, Hopefully uh, everyone got to play along at home with the uh, unscramble stuff. Those were pretty fun. Um, and who would have thought that I could need more Shakespearean comedies than Lindy? I would not have thought that. I did not think that. Uh, wow. What a day. What a day, guys. What a, just what a day. Uh, we're not done here though. That's not all we have to do. Uh, Lindy's still like really stinging from this crushing defeat and Todd is laughing his butt off here, uh, at the situation. I'm I'm laughing at Adam just kind of pouring salt in the wounds. I'm just like. Um, let's let's move on let's move on salt to taste um okay so let's move on let's indeed move on to uh our song scores for uh the episode we're going to be giving out some pretzels here for the two songs that were in the episode uh we already kind of spoiled this a little bit uh we're pretty low on these songs the first one was the sexy french depression uh i hinted at this earlier i gave it a full point bump for being Partially in French, uh, raising it to a total of two <laughs> pretzels. I also gave it two pretzels. I gave it 2.2 pretzels. Um, just because my other thing that I scored two was like, I love my daughter. And I feel like I appreciate this one just slightly more than that one. So I had to give it a little bit higher, but not much higher. Yeah, which uh, brings the total for this one to 6.2 pretzels, which is the second lowest uh, just above I Love My Daughter. Until, of course, we get to the next song, which is His Status is Preferred, which I gave a whopping single pretzel. I gave it two pretzels. I wound up giving it 2.5, again, just because Paula's performance uh, elevated enough for me and looking at how i scored some other songs i appreciate it more than some other songs i had ranked lower so still not very high for me but yeah 2.5 pretzels for me yeah which does put both of these songs in the bottom three of season one songs so far i'm interested to see if they continue to be like at the very bottom of our rankings or if there's kind of more stuff that still needs to fit in that gap um i'm not entirely sure where we'll get to but we'll see Throughout the rest of the season, we also have to say who made us truly happy, which might be difficult in this episode where we found uh, very little to be truly happy with. But, uh, Lindy, who did you go with? Who made you truly happy this episode? Sorry, I was a bit distracted because I'm just, I'm so upset. I can't imagine being happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I, I chose Rebecca, I think mainly because of that moment where she runs to talk to Paula and, you know, be honest with her and, and stop her from sleeping with Calvin. So I chose Rebecca for being a good friend in that moment. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely like a fair choice. I think there's like definitely some stuff this episode with Rebecca that uh, I didn't love, but uh, like we said before, while we were talking about it, that is a good moment for her. Uh, Todd, who made you truly happy this episode? I have been waffling through this entire podcast about what I was going to say here, because again, I don't like any of the choices pretty much any of the characters made in this episode. And so I have to rely on what character made me laugh the most, even if I was laughing at them, not with them. And so in this moment, my very bizarre choice for who made me the hap- truly happy in this episode is going to be Karen. Oh, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which I never thought Karen was going to get on the truly happy board. But her, but the whole corkit Karen scene and just her reactions to that, her like, I've been in some studies. Just she's only in a couple scenes, but the scenes that she's in, she made me laugh. And that's more like the only other option for me was White Josh. I, I feel like the White Josh's line deliveries in this also made me laugh. But I'm just going to go ahead and give Karen this point. She might not ever get another point in this entire uh, series, but for now, Karen is getting a point for me just because she made me laugh and other people did not. It would surprise me if Karen got any more <laughs> truly happies in the rest of the series. Um, Todd, to your point about potentially going white Josh, uh, that storyline is the only one that, like I said before, I didn't actively uh, not enjoy. So I had to pick someone from there. Unfortunately, all of the actual characters in that particular storyline were not great. So what made me truly happy this episode was the table so i'm gonna give my truly happy to the table that's some real mike bloom down the hatch uh thinking right there Uh, we can't give points to heroin here (laughs) (laughs) i uh you know i think that by i think that by far and away the table is like the only rootable character (laughs) in this whole episode so i have to go i have to I have to make a spot in the sheet now for the table to yeah. record the table has a, uh, the, <laughs> has a point. Yeah. Uh, currently has more, just in case anyone's keeping track at home, the table has more truly happies than Josh. And that, my friends, makes me truly happy. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, that's all we have to talk about today. We already like drove this episode into the ground. It wasn't our favorite, but we are going to have a few really exciting episodes coming up. I really love next week's episode. Uh, as well. And then we are all uh, are going to be joined by a few other people uh, throughout the rest of season one very, very soon. We'll tell you a little bit more about that next week. But Lindy, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at TV Lindy, TV L-I-N-D-Y. Please console me. After this quiz, I will need some words of encouragement. And you can also find us at our podcast Twitter at 1CXG Podcast, O N E C X G Podcast. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know if she like needs consoling, but like some hype. Pump her up a little bit. I think Lindy needs some confidence here. Uh, I'm Team Lindy for these quizzes, just, you know, to throw that out there. Uh, you know, Adam's not going to not bring it, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, we want to see it close. Uh, Todd, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? So you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd the Librarian was too many characters. Uh, you can also find me on uh, SpongePod Cast Pants, the SpongeBob uh, SquarePants 
rewatch podcast by MMI's good friend Chad the DM and his uh, podcast partner Bando. Uh, Adam and I both appeared on the most recent episode talking about the Employee of the Month episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. And in fact, if you like our theme song to this podcast, which Adam uh, sings every week, you can head over and listen to that and hear a version that uh, I wrote and performed of a SpongeBob-centered song based on our theme song. Yeah, it was a it's a wild ride. Every single ride we go on with Chad is just uh, you know nutty. I would highly recommend listening to that. It was fun. We spent two hours talking about a twenty-minute episode of SpongeBob. So uh, if that's your thing, come check us out. Uh, it was great there. I'm Adam H. You can find me at Piano Man Adam One on Twitter, as well as every Sunday night on Twitch.tv slash DM Philly. We are playing uh, City of Mist. Or we're playing Kings of Neon over there. I'm bringing uh, the character Sebastian to life. And so we are uh, ramping up there towards the middle to the end of season two of City of Mist. So uh, come check us out there. Uh, and the other place you can find me is right here every single week. Uh, including next week, where we'll be back for season one, episode eight of Crazy Ex Girlfriend here at One Indescribable Podcast.